Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Thanks to Hawthorne for supporting FilmSack. Hawthorne is a premium tailored personal care brand that's making it easy for guys to feel and smell their best. Get special offers for the holidays going on right now by visiting hawthorne.co. There is great unrest. Countries set at each other's throats, baying for blood. It's a powder keg. The trouble of which I speak could set a match to the whole thing. War. With whom, exactly? Everyone. A world war. That notion makes you sweat. Venice still stands. This is Filmsack. Oh, sure. everyone and welcome to film sack mining the very depths of film entertainment for all mankind this is episode 489 and my name is scott johnson i'm joined today by brian i think your library might be screwed dunaway oh it is so screwed mm. oh hi. hi we did it dorian you said we couldn't do it even after i stole your magic portrait and blackmailed you you were still a doubting dorian weren't you but not anymore we did just as I said. We fooled the League, stole Nemo's tiny exploration pod, and checked off all the evil things on our freaky little supernatural 19th century checklist. Damn, it feels good to be the M. Um, that's short for Moriarty, you know. Say, <laughs> it's kind of cramped in this small pod, Dorian. How long do we have to be in here before we reach our destination? Wow, days, eh? You know what? Kind of regretting that all Mongolian beef diet we adopted. Can we pop a window? No? All right. I can hold it. Hey, do you hear that tapping sound? What is that? It almost sounds like Morse code. What? Morse code? Are you sure? I'm pretty sure it is Morse code. And I'm a genius, so... Yeah. I get that you're old and with age comes wisdom. I get it. But you're apparently not wise enough to hide your portrait of doom. Anyway. Oh, my God. Why does it smell like a sweaty Scotsman's ass in here? Are you sure there are no windows? A porthole event? And why is your knee touching my knee? Give me some space, man. What do you mean it's not your knee? Of course it's your knee. Who else's knee could it be? And there goes the tapping sound again. 
This is going to be one long, extraordinary trip of gentlemen. Randy? <laughs> I have to say, I appreciate your... You have a delineation marker now that you do every time, and so I just know when you're hey. done. Yeah. I like it. Oh, the Randy. Yeah. There's the middle There's the middle delineation mark, which is, hey. 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 Hey, yeah. hey we're going to have a different conversation now. Hey. These are like uh, <laughs> chapter markers or something. Like that. That's right. Exactly. Mini right. bosses, and then you get to the final boss, which is Randy. Well. The exact same thing was pointed out this week when you listen to Joe Biden speak. He delineates yeah. by saying, look real loudly oh yeah as he's talking he changes subjects look yeah and look. he keeps talking anyway says, go on. come on man or something come on man. oh come on man oh come on man do you realize there was a naked invisible guy in that little bitty pod with those two guys why do they all need to be in there for the story i don't know Ew, but i guarantee you you can't see you can't see invisible man but i bet you in that close of an area you can smell him yep. yeah yeah. He had an aroma in that era. Oh, yeah. No one showered yeah, for like eight for sure. days and straight. So Got your butt all hanging out. Yep. Oh, yeah. Nope. Thanks Dangly for reminding me of that. Dangling. Well done. Also with us, Randy. No, that terrible scene of Mr. Hyde running on rooftops was not just... What? Oh, was not just a dumb dream, Jordan. <laughs> Aloha, Scott. Brian. Brian. Randy. All right. You found me. I'm Superman. I know. I'm not what you were expecting, but I am wearing glasses, so that could throw you, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm older now, and I'm I'm chubby, but I really am Superman. Hey, don't don't look over my shoulder at the fit gentleman wearing the same clothes as me in the chair behind mm-hmm. me. You look at me. Okay, right. No, 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 no. Don't tell me why you're here. That would save us a lot of trouble, <laughs> but no, I'm going to tell you why I think you're here. And then that miscommunication will lead to remarkable events. I've done this before. Remember, I've been Superman for a long time. Anyway, <laughs> I can see right through you. <laughs> Get it? Because I have x-ray vision? Okay, I, uh, I I try using that light on women, but no women ever come in here. Like, zero, ever. Mm. Uh, there are some men coming in here with guns right now, though. Don't show me! I'm not Superman! I'm not Superman! <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, in Kenya, <laughs> hey, Nigel, won't you just toddle off then? Yeah, get out of here, buddy. Uh, all right, well done. Finally with us, Brian. I can't tell if he has sand in his body or blood, Ibbet. Ew, it's uh, bloody sand. Oh, ew. I'd uh, like to thank you all for coming to our first ever consortium of uninteresting fictional characters meeting. Hmm, the CUFC. <laughs> yeah, even that uh, acronym is not terribly interesting. Ever since the folks down the hall started their League of Extraordinary Gentlemen agency, we feel we felt like we needed to have a little more inclusion. So, so you're not as interesting as the replacement Invisible Man, or you're not as interesting as one of the women that got bitten by Dracula. We hmm. welcome you here. But before we get to the uninteresting business of the day, we'll need to take roll. When I call your name, I know you'll just say here, because that in and of itself is boring. <laughs> Toby Flenderson from the office. Okay, good. Harry Potter. Oh, you're sitting right next to me. Wow, how long Aww. have you been there? Uh, Orville got- Redenbacher. I always thought you were real. Oh, you are? Oh, go sit over there with the Kardashians. I'll get to you after the PowerPoint presentation. Skylar White. Good, good. Thank you. Wesley Crusher. Oh, there you are over there. Okay. Gilly Tarley. There you are right there. And finally, Jacob and Edward. You, you guys okay sitting next to each other? <laughs> yeah, I don't care either. And who am I? Who could be tasked with leading a team of the most uninteresting fictional characters, you ask? 
I'm Brian Nibbett. There's some eclairs in the back. Yeah. <laughs> nice. That was great. I had that. You put I, into words pretty well what I was feeling about these random picked ass names. I, I mean, yes, but I want to I want to start with like there were some things in this movie and I decided that I was going to go all in on one of them that I really wanted the movie to be. And mm-hmm. that that scene where, you know, Sean Connery is just sitting in a bar in Kenya and he has a double who's really crappy, not a double at all. Right. Yeah. yeah. Who, right, right. who does his talking for him so he can have some peace and quiet in a bar in the desert. Like that whole thing. I was just like, I wish the whole movie was this. Yeah. If that's the, the, that's, the, that. that's <laughs> the primary problem with a league or the league of extraordinary gentlemen is this movie wants to be many things and never picks a thing. And so everybody ends up wishing it was just the one thing. Just well, make it the one it's thing, all right? over the map. And it, we hadn't gotten good at like group team up, uh, you know, movies like this, like Avengers style or something. If you want to talk about modern examples, you, you say we hadn't, but I would argue no one has ever except Marvel. Well, <laughs> like I would argue that there's been this one magical team up and all the rest of them are always garbage. What was the Janine Garofalo, uh, Oh, that was great. Mystery Man was pretty good. It balanced people pretty well. But but like Star Trek was famous for screwing that up, right? They would have uh, a Next Generation cast, a Star Trek movie, and you were always like, well, where's Jordy? He's in this like for four minutes. Like he's not even in this movie. And they were just not good at balancing. The reason Mystery Men worked so well is because I think because we didn't have all those characters beforehand to say, oh, they brought him back. Oh, look, they brought him back. There it was like go. we we got introduced to all those characters all at the same time. They were all they all started at the same level. Whereas with this, you've got, ooh, uh, well, he's almost the invisible man. Oh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. I know him. Yeah, okay. Uh, Portrait of Dorian Gray. All right. Okay. Uh, uh, Mina Harker. Uh, all yeah. right. Okay. I guess so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you're not well, wrong. Maybe that. Maybe that's the trick. He, like, was, go he ahead. was an invisible man, by the way. Right. Not the invisible man. No. Just, no. An invisible man. <laughs> Replacement <laughs> invisible man. Yeah. They wouldn't let him because uh, the the, yeah. the people yeah. who own the rights to the original thing this, were like, no. Sorry. This was the, right. This was the greatest hurdle I would have seen is trying to make this film from the start. I would go, okay. First thing we need to do is all of these characters we've decided to use are all greatly flawed. Uh, and so we've got to deal with all these flaws. So we're going to have to find a way to not focus on it entirely and then create a new relationship based on those flaws. And they, they couldn't find it. Now, they almost had something with Sean Connery's character, uh, uh, Alan Quartermain, and uh, Samuel Fictional American <laughs> yeah, Huckleberry Finn. Uh, <laughs> Samuel Sawyer was his name, I think. Tom, it was Tom like Sawyer. Tom Sawyer. Yeah, yeah. Tom. That oh, was a Tom Sawyer. I'm yeah. sorry. It's, it's the Rush song. I'm sorry. You it's the character Rush? In the Rush song. Yeah, is what I meant to say. He, he gets high on you. <laughs> he does. Right, he does. He does. Exit stage left. So hold right, on, though. Like uh, right. I, I agree, but look, here's the deal. Comic. The, there's a comic book. This is where this came from. A series of uh, graphic novels by Alan Moore. And I forgot the artist's name. He's awesome, though. Uh, and they're they are Not awesome enough to remember his name, but awesome. But still. he really is good. I just can't remember his name. But he but the that series of books is revered. People love it. And uh, I immediately downloaded it last night because I want to actually read it and not say that I've never read it. Uh, this is the first time where Alan Moore had one of his projects go to film 
This marks the time where he said, holy shit, that was bad. I'm never letting anyone do this again, or I'm never going to be a part of this again. And that's this marks that moment. So when V for Vendetta right. came out, he's like, whatever, don't care. When uh, <laughs> Watchmen came out, he's like, nope, don't care. I'm sure it's bad. Like this, this was that moment. This was the powder keg where yeah. he was like, no one's going to treat my stuff with respect. And they, and they really, from what I can tell and from what I read yesterday, they really haven't. Like this stuff works on comic pages in a way that you need to be really, really good at transferring that experience from those pages to screen or else you shouldn't even be doing this. Otherwise, it feels like Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure did a better job of having random historical figures in your story. And yeah. this, this is, so my theory, I think I can extend my theory because it's like, what, how did Marvel do a team up? And by the way, Scott, worked? those were all real people, by oh, the way. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, yeah, historic, but you, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> famous names here. They, yeah. I knew they well, were real. Uh, Penny Dreadful did a better job. Of, yeah, there you uh, go. Fictional. That's better. Yeah. <laughs> That's better. I'm going to let Randy get back to his point. Yeah, sorry, gonna, go ahead, Randy. Then then I'm gonna, then then I'm going to hop on the back of Randy's train. Go ahead, Randy. The, the good uh, examples and for me uh, you know in my experience the uh, the OG is the animated series Super Friends mm-hmm. um, all of the good examples that you're gonna you're gonna bring up are uh, stories about individuals that take their time and let you get to know the individuals now of course with Super right. Friends you already did you knew every single one of these characters and those characters had already been portrayed for hundreds of hours each in comics and other other media but then when you team them up you because you have a connection to one or more of them you're able to you're able to enjoy the team up uh this movie and like so many that that fail tries to get you to be wowed by oh there's an invisible man in the room. I'm excited. And you're not. You're not going to be excited because you don't know that guy. You've not spent any time with that character yet. You know? And then and then it tries to just rush off and have adventure. And you're still like, whoa, hey, let's have a first date. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, yeah right. it's, to me, the the well, we should probably mention the name of the movie. We kind of did in passing. But it's The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. And this is Sean Connery's last film ever. And it, that's significant in its own way, but it was also he just passed away for us. If you're listening, <clears throat> he just passed away for us. Uh, what a week ago now? Yeah. 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 That's interesting Three to say ago. he passed away for us. I've never heard that phrase before. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, for us and now the, the now time who we are now is yeah. a snapshot in this episode. And then we won't be us. Oh, I got you. This. Cause in, in a year when you're or in 10 years, when you listen to this episode, yeah. you'd be like, wait, what happened? And we're like, yeah, Sean Connery has passed oh. away. Uh, yeah, you're right. On, and it, on. and, that was a, that's a significant, uh, you know, Hollywood icon lost to the ages and uh, amazing work in his career. Also, some real duds. I mean, we've seen some of the some of those duds here. We've seen Zardoz. We know the penis is evil. We get it. Hey, was that a dud? Yeah, Zardoz. It's yeah. a piece of shit. The, the hey. weirdest. The I mean, weirdest. a dud like a box office dud or just a dud. That's what I'm asking. Oh well, yeah. I mean, for yeah, us yeah. it was for us it was Manna from Heaven. But I'm saying that is not a good movie. <laughs> It's not a good movie. It's a bad movie. It was a terrible for, movie. For me, the, the weirdest thing, I'm going to remember this the rest of my life, was on Halloween 2000, Sean Connery died, and my friends who watch a lot of movies started posting the picture of him in in the Borat getup from Zardoz, and everyone else was like, who is that? What is that from? Mm. Everyone else. Mm. Like, you said 2000. 80, I think you meant 2020, but go on. Continue. Uh, it's a 2000 year long year. 
Um, <laughs> Halloween, We're new things today. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. <laughs> Halloween 2020, Connery dies. Picture of him from Zardoz. 80% of the people I knew were like, what horrible, terrible thing is this? Mm. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, hey, listen yeah. to Film Sack, please. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, please check do. it out. This will be Sun our does. this will be our moment of reckoning for the world. Really, this is the pivot point for where Sean Connery's <laughs> uh, the people legacy. Who know about Zardoz and the people so, who don't know about Zardoz? That's right. That's right. So uh, M recruits James Bond, Sean uh-huh. Connery. Yeah, right? I, that annoyed me. By the way, like yeah. I know yeah. you're, I know you got to have Sean your, Connery connection. Yeah, you got to yeah, have yeah. your you got to have your little James Bond nod. I get it. You you've got Sean Connery in your movie, so sure, knock yourselves out. But really. It's that column M, which conveniently stands for Moriarty, which is conveniently the villain for freaking Sherlock Holmes. Like right, which which fit in everything else because M doesn't fit in with all the rest of these nineteenth century uh, heroes. So yeah, it's it's a weird it's a weird thing. Eighteen ninety nine, by the way, this is when the film is supposed to yeah. uh, take place, and so yeah, it was odd. No, I'm I'm Moriarty. Yeah. Right. Which yeah. which also um I spent most of the movie struggling with the fact that they kept saying it was 1899 and they kept trying to have these people surrounded by steampunk-esque yeah. future future inventions. Mm-hmm. Like even Ca- right called out- diesel it was called diesel punk by the way. It's at Wikipedia describes it as diesel punk i'm like i'm like what is a diesel punk i'm learning something new i've heard that referred to in mad max movies so i don't know what they mean there which it makes sense because everything you know revolves around petrol you know gotta have fuel i I suppose you always think it connected you always see it connected with uh like jules verne and steampunk are, are hand in hand right and you think of that as not diesel powered but Duh, steam powered because it's yeah, duh. Duh, right. Nemo would be using steam, not diesel. Like, oh, I've got to swing by the BP and pick up some more uh, petrol, right? Some right. more diesel, AMPM. But, like, if you just allow your brain to get out of the movie for a second, then it, it can you can miss like 10 minutes of film going. I'm thinking about that car. That car is very oh, that interesting. That car was so sweet. Uh, you, you know what I mean? And it's like, of weird. course people don't like this movie. The movie doesn't explain the car. No. It doesn't give you a, you know, like the, the backstory and the interesting aspects of what that car is doing 50 years ahead of its time. Well, you know? I'll tell you right. what it is. It's doing. definitely a um it is a, you know, it's alternate reality kind of thing where 1899 has German uh German tanks from World War 1. Uh, which doesn't happen for at least another what fifteen years or so. I don't think they would have had the tanks that early in eighteen ninety nine. They could well, just they had tanks, storm the bank of that, England. They, they had tanks, mm-hmm. but not ones that did that. There's no way yeah, they did that. Not yeah. like that. Those were those were advanced tanks. But that's okay because Moriarty was. I guess he was supposed to be. He's a genius. Pushing it, pushing it in the future, ushering in the future. Yeah, but look, Sean the car. Connery's the problem with the car is was, the car is not the problem. The problem is the car doesn't exist in that era at all. Cars in general don't. And so right. this thing driving around town in London and no one's noticing it. Like the, the passersby <laughs> yeah, are just like, oh. Except for the, except for the, oh, except the lorries. Okay, see the lorries are like, wait, stop. Yeah. Do not run me over. They did. Yeah, but the they weren't like, nobody was going, what is this abomination? Like nobody. Yeah, they, they couldn't, they couldn't lean into any good, uh, they, they, they never asked the, the really good questions, which is how would people respond to this because they brushed a lot of it off because even the league was like, Oh, we need to go, you know, to uh, Italy. And it's like, uh, and it's going to take, you know, it's going to take like 
forever. And you're like, no, no, it's only going to take three days. And for like, like half a second, they're like, okay, fine, whatever. Yeah. It's like, all right, let's go. No, there was they some just real, waved it off. There was some wave off travel time in this movie, which is, you know, mm-hmm. people do that all the time, but definitely was noticeable. I didn't have a problem with his ship. I thought, actually, I thought Nemo's ship was rad. It was um, sweet. Yeah. yeah Even was with cool. a big giant hole in it that could not be repaired in a month's time, much less five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was so much bigger than I was expecting. Like when, when they first get to the docks, I'm like, oh, that's going to be a submarine. They're going to have a submarine come up. And they're like, oh, my God, they're going to have an island that's made out of steel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And I love all that, like, uh, trim work on it, like the cool oh, the yeah. trim, the, trim the stuff. weird statues of people on the very back. Yeah, that stuff. Oh, cool. yeah, weird statues. You mean the religious symbols are on the back? Yeah, those, <laughs> yeah, those, those weird, weird people. Yeah, those, those weird, weird people. Statues. Religious statue people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, those emails are coming in again. Uh, but no, like it was, uh, I wouldn't have known that either. But the, 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 there's something about some of that design that is like really good and inspired. And then there are moments where yeah. I'm like, man, that looks like the worst CGI treatment of all time. Like some of the, some of the effects in this thing are bad, are just straight up bad. And we are, remember, and we are then in the thick- some stuff. Is some is some of the most brilliant things oh, I've ever seen. All right, we'll get to that so, in a second. But remember, this is a film that poops out right around the time of of maximum hype, Lord of the Rings, and that movie right. and movies are killing it with their effects, like their set effects, their yes. crowd effects, their their monster effects, all that stuff. This looks like but, shit. Yeah, it looks came out the same weekend as. Uh, well, I don't know if it came out the same weekend, but this was beat at the box office by. Pirates of the Caribbean, the first one, okay, right, and yes, is, this, think yeah, about yeah, the, the the special effects in that versus this, and it feels like there's ten years difference between them. Yeah, it's we've weird. talked about some movies recently. We've done this with, and uh, I think it it bears repeating. Um, when you have your primary subjects of your film as being modern day heroes, brought reborn from mm-hmm. old heroes. It always seems like somebody wants to bring back these old heroes and shove them in the face of the young. And it always feels disingenuous. And that's, I feel like that's what happened here, too. It's like, oh, we're going to make them cool. We're going to call it the LXG. We're going to make it hip. Mm-hmm. We're going to do it. Now, it works in comic book form. It works there. But on, on the screen, it, it's hard yeah. to pull that off. It's hard to convince you know young people going in that these old school characters are now hip and cool and i, I just oh, yeah. i agree the metamorphosis yeah. of dr jekyll into mr hyde is is horrendous the oh wait 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 is the under, no no the the you're right the one from uh from uh hyde to jekyll the the, the i'm sorry uh, jekyll to hyde so the man to monster yes. conversion was bad the monster to man conversion when he's chained that actually was pretty dang cool i well, like yeah. how he was exploding and he was chained and it was like and he was he was all morphed out because we could have easily said how we want to do this. We're just going to show the skin bubbling. That's what we've done for you know right. decades. Zoom in, slick and loofer. Right, yeah. Out of a shirt. That looks. Yeah. That looks. That doesn't look good. <laughs> we've already. We already know that doesn't look good. This I thought was creative. I didn't like the underwater right. other way because it looked a little oh, stupid. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the chain one. That suit was, was cool. so bad though. The big long arms and the big dumb suit. It was so bad. <laughs> I just don't understand why this movie needed to use any visual effects. Like it could have just stuck with 
its traditional special effects, and it would have been great, like truly great. Well, and, right. and, and like because yeah. it gives you things to look at. This is a movie that like starts with a tank driving through a library, mm-hmm. and it's like amazing because they drove a tank through some walls. Yeah, like, yeah. They, like it may have been it may have been on a on a cable, and there may have been a bunch of like. Uh, uh, cheats, right? But uh, like people throwing paper, you know, this kind of thing. But it was real. You were looking at something really happening. And then the next big uh, special effect is a fake explosion of that bar in Kenya. And the nobody reacts. <laughs> right. Like, the people are standing there and the fake fire looks so bad. And I'm just like, why did that they was just them actually up? bring the film? Why not yeah. just blow something up? You can just blow yeah. something up. Well, what's like, funny about even... that? What's funny about that, Randy, is they not only all, everything you said is true, but the the actual explosion was overlaid back there. Yeah. The house itself wasn't affected. So mm-hmm. when it when it started no. to calm down a little bit and clear, I'm looking and I'm going, that house is intact. There's nothing wrong. Yeah, there. nothing. Yeah. It, yeah. it was that was a bad effect. But I'm with Randy. I think they should have stayed more with the Indiana Jones feeling, the old Quartermain uh, type adventure and not go into this modern superhero but, adventure. But this is a, this is a movie that in the production went to a custom car builder named Ken Freeman in North Carolina and had him build this car that's called spirit of Nemo. And it's an amazing car. Like it, it makes no sense because it has two sets of front wheels. Like yeah. that makes no sense. Right. But mm-hmm. the car, like when you, if you go look it up, look at pictures of it, it's get, it gets sold on eBay every couple of years. It's an, it's an amazing car. Like mm. the thing, everything about it. And it's meant to be seen. And so they drive it into the scene and you're just like, wow, I love seeing this. Mm-hmm. And that there's a problem there because the film doesn't commit to things like that throughout. And so then when we get visual effects that look like crap, you're used to seeing special things, amazing real things, and you're just like, oh, come on. Why didn't they just spend a little money here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, Why don't you spend some money? Like there was there was some times during the ultra hide fight between hide right. and the big hide uh, mm-hmm. that looked okay. <laughs> like for a second or two, you'd be like, all right, well, it's 2003. I can forgive a little bit of nuance here, but that's not too bad. But then there'd be moments you're like, Oh, lawnmower man, what are you doing in my movie? Yes. Yeah. Yes. But I really enjoyed the hide and hide fight, the hide and extra hide. I, I like that. <laughs> that was really cool. Hide and hide 2.0. Right. Hide 2.0. But you know, this film suffered from it. It tried to it suffered from many things, but the one thing that I feel like it visually suffered from is that it wanted to be, up to that point, which we had seen superhero adventure movies kind of going towards, you know, the, the Batman movies that had come before it, uh, specifically the one with uh, Jim Carrey. What was it? Batman Return. Uh, which one was that one? No, that was Batman. Uh, and Batman Robin. Forever. I Batman think it's Batman Forever. forever. Okay, it forever? So okay. Batman, right. Batman Forever and then into the Matrix. And you even had everything that was advertised about this was used all those horrible green fonts. Remember how much we love we were mm-hmm. with like that neon green Around the early 2000s. Oh, yeah, we were yeah, in all that cabin, stuff. Was in here. I think the font was cabin that we were using all yeah, over the place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so it, it just suffered from this this warning. I definitely feel like it was suffering from trying to be those superhero movies up until that point. And it didn't see anything beyond that. And then it tried to mix it in with this Indiana Jones mix that just never really mm-hmm. gelled visually. 
Yeah, I don't know how you do it. You need the right minds, and it's got to be the right thing. I don't. I actually have zero advice for these people because I just. Think I do. Really... Don't make this movie in two thousand three. Make it in twenty fifteen or something. Well, even then, you still need the right people. You need, and I don't mean cast. I mean you like somebody's got to have a visionary take on this to make it work. And it's like anything that works out on TV that you're surprised about. It's like, you know, right. I always bring up Fargo because it really shouldn't work as well as it does, and it just freaking nailed it. Well, why? Because. Noah Hawley turned out to be a guy who knew what needed to happen to make Fargo work on the small screen and in an episodic right. way and in a, you know, different, every series is a different timeline, like all that stuff. He just knew what to do. So you'd have to find somebody who knows what the frick to do here to make it work. Mm-hmm. And then you still have to ask the question, is this the property to be even be messing with? Shouldn't it? Maybe this could just sit as an Alan Moore classic and we should, maybe this one just doesn't get made. I don't know. Yeah. Right. I'm Peter, Peter, Peter Wilson written word as the printed page, but not as a, <laughs> yeah, not as a right. film. Yeah. Peter Wilson and Stuart Townsend. That would be your Mina Harkin. That would be your a vampire and Dorian Gray. I thought their characters are actually outstanding. Not Dorian uh, Gray. I thought, I thought it was pretty good casting. All he did was vamp. He just walked around going, Oh, so then well, what do you I'll want from Dorian yeah. Gray? Have you ever read anything? Have you read, no, no, his, but his, it doesn't I mean, matter. Or his vanity, basically. His, it is. He's just, you know, he's he's basically a vampire. I mean, he yeah. can't be killed. I mean, he can't look at himself in that portrait. So, he's I mean. He's a vampire. Eh? Yeah. He's van, vanity yeah, and so vampire. I mean, vampire, yeah. And you can, I, I feel like you can, you can make a case to just trash almost every character in this film. Like, there's something terribly wrong with them, with the exception of the Invisible Man. Really enjoyed I the Invisible him, yeah. Man. Yeah. I yeah, like Tony, that guy. Yeah, yeah Tony Curran. I, I actually couldn't figure out who it was at first, because he was invisible. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> then once I saw the actor's name, I was like, oh, that guy. Yeah, and, and, and yeah. To, again, to the movie's credit, I think their weird green screen head with a little bit of white paint on it, half-painted half thing, worked. That looked good. Yes. Like, no problem. But when he's all white, like yeah, he's, yeah. Then he's all white. <laughs> he's got like a little black beard coming through, and you're like, yeah, "Wait a minute, he's a clown." <laughs> he, he sometimes he's a clown, but I mean, the mime. But still, yes. like, who brought the mime? <laughs> conception from from conception to performance to finale. I felt like the Invisible Man was a perfectly cromulent part of this film. I I couldn't complain. Yeah, Every right. other thing, I I was just like, would you, what would you call him again? Letdown. Cromulent, the fake, him? the fake word from the. Simpsons. Oh no, no! I, did you call him the Invisible Man? Because we got a lawsuit yes. on that. It's, no, he's yeah. an Invisible Man. I don't care. <laughs> I, I don't care. I, like I, I know, I know, I know. He was referred to as Rodney Skinner or something, yeah. and I don't care. Yeah. I'm sorry. That is the Invisible Man, and they need to just say that's, that. That's like Marvel <laughs> Disney in the last few years having to avoid saying mutant until they bought Fox. It's like this. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. this weird thing that they they end up having to do. But yeah, he's very interesting. I think also underplayed and didn't get much to do with him, which bummed me out because I thought he was more interesting than anyone else we spent time with. The vampire Dorian Gray relationship <laughs> bored me to tears. Uh, yes. No interest in that. Uh, I was so mad at that, by the way. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I think Connery looked like he could I, not get out I, of there fast only enough. Time I was, only time I was pissed at the uh, Mina Dorian uh, interaction was when when he says, Dorian Gray says, oh, after, they, after they get sliced a couple of times, they're getting their big fight. He goes, we could do this all day. And they only did it for like five seconds. I was like, <laughs> apparently not. Yeah. I was I was looking yeah. for epic length fighting battles, but I guess they just wanted to say, yeah, we could, but we're not going to. Yeah, exactly. I'm all I'm for stab super, you. and <laughs> I'm all for super heel stuff. You know, their faces <laughs> sealing back together. That stuff's kind of cool, but 
Uh, that stuff, I don't know. All that left me dry. Connery looked Give like me, he just not. Well, I'm trying to remember which ones Gray. have done it. Which ones have done it right? Because if you get, if you've got mutant healing ability, Wolverine, Dorian Gray, vampire, whatever, um, you get sliced. Blood comes out. When you when your skin heals back up, the blood doesn't disappear. It right. should stay there, yep. but the, there's just no wound behind it. You brush that off. It's like, oh, see, there's no wound anymore. Cool. Right. Great. Yeah, now I got something else to think like about. The, yeah. Like those wounds just suck the blood back up in them. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. Uh, well, in his case, when he got all shot up, when Dorian Gray got all shot up and his, his wounds had like sand pouring out of them. Yeah. Then later he's, he's, he's got blood. He's pretty much just dust anyway, right? Yeah, but he oh, has blood later. He's just a facade. I thought it was spitting out the bullets, but no, he's just a facade of dust, right? Because he's he's actually long gone, dead. Yeah, the idea he, is he made he, is, he made a deal with that portrait that the portrait would age and he would not. Right, and and when he was right. converted back, he just crumbled into garbage. And so the same <clears throat> the same. So when I when I saw his dust coming out of him, I thought, oh, okay, that's interesting. But then later he gets stabbed by her, and it's blood on the knife. I'm like, well, wait a minute, freaking pick a lane. What are we doing here? Yeah, yeah, that was a mistake. It's a mig- nitpicky thing, but those kinds of things stick out for me in a movie like this, where you know they're not really nailing the story, so I'm paying attention to other details, and those details are kind of. Brrr. But how do you just- feel about the uh, the 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 extraordinary character of uh, of Phantom that was created, and then they just pull the rug? out and it's like right. oh he's not he's not really somebody who is actually maimed or anything your your boss is this really literally your boss the boss fight is your boss man i yes. didn't care for that i don't like when they do no. that give me a trope alert on it it's terrible all right yeah and and it starts it starts the first time we really meet him he shows up where the the league has just assembled for the very first time they're all together in the same room and he shows up and he's you know, wearing his mask and talking about his scars and everything and then he's like but i'm not gonna kill you now and I'm like come on yeah. that is the that is the terrible trope don't put that early in your movie. <laughs> right. It makes me so sad. Yeah, I like that actor though, uh, Richard Roxborough. He's pretty cool. Right. Yeah, he's uh, mm. that dude was flying high right then. He was the bad guy in uh, Moulin Rouge that year, yeah. or right around that year. Sorry, two thousand one, so a little earlier. But he was the one that was always going. Where is Van, the he was in, He was also in Van Helsing. Oh yeah, we this saw is, that. This is a. You this saw like, that? Yeah, we saw it. Like, Oh, I, I can't believe we didn't talk about it uh, last time we did a James Bond movie, but this is the, the most fundamental James Bond trope mm. is that the bad guy is known to you and attacks you, but yeah. doesn't has a reason to not kill you. Mm-hmm, and it's right. in it's in from Russia with love and it's in honor Majesty's secret service and it's in Casino Royale. My God, Casino Royale, the <laughs> chief and, and Bond interact for the whole movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, just kill him. Why does it Lashif just kill him? You know, yeah. yeah. I'm trying to remember. Did did Phantom uh, give the whole plan away then as well, or was that later? (laughs) You're right, and I don't understand. And this always is what happens when you pull that. Aha! Just kidding, Scooby Doo. I'm, you know, I'm the bad guy. Is this person? The problem is, Mm -hmm. the problem is, I immediately go back and go. Well, then why in the? It's got to be easier ways to get the formula from Hyde to you know to get blood from. I mean, come on. I mean, mm-hmm. you went and destroyed Venice, and you did all this crazy trash. How hard would it have been to just do the? I don't know. Well, and, it and, seemed like it was just a bad plan. And Quartermain figures out who he is eventually 
but right. we're never given any clues as an audience. I'm not, I'm not, you, you never know. And, and he's just like, Oh, I mean, uh, Oh, Oh, it's, uh, you know, this professor thing. Like, huh? Mm-hmm. Why didn't, why didn't the movie have some clues that would let me figure it right. out for myself too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, sir. No, thank you. No clues. So, okay. So with everything that I've had to hate on the league of extraordinary gentlemen, I do find myself enjoying bits and pieces of it. It is one of those movies where I don't mind turning it on because at any point in time I can turn around and go, Oh, that's interesting to look at for about five minutes. And then I can, you know, go about my day. Yeah, so I'm not going to say this movie that's what you're is looking absolute for in a good movie is a movie that you can only watch in like four minute increments. And <sighs> well, like I mean, I like <sighs> I like scenes from this. <laughs> I film. See, I've got that with like Con Air or Armageddon. So I right. can't really defend. I right. can't really argue and say, oh, that's a horrible <laughs> thing to do with this movie, because there are plenty of bad movies that I would do that with myself. But, right. geez, I think that uh, I don't know. This is, this is, I think, the third time I've seen this because I saw it in theaters. Hated you stayed it. the whole time. Oh, okay. Stayed the whole time. I only walked out of Johnny Mnemonic. Um, right. Stayed the whole time. Uh, said, "Well, good. I never have to see that again." And then Tina's brother gives me the DVD as a Christmas present yeah. because, well, Brian is nerdy. He likes nerdy things. I'll get him this movie, which is very nice of him. Right, but then right. it's like, okay, well, maybe I was unfair to the movie. Let's watch it a second time. Right. No, hey, you gonna watch that DVD I gave you? Oh. <laughs> Yeah, so if anybody out there wants the DVD, I, yeah, this nice. is an honest thing. I will send you the DVD. Nice. Oh, that's great. <laughs> you can sign nice. it and say I, good riddance. Uh, get I, I clear it off, off my board. damn shelf. Yeah. It's a, it's a really fun topic, and it's it's fun to try to like make rules around what what defines a bad movie that you would watch. Like What defines it as bad, but if it's on, you will watch it. And everybody yeah. has those kind of those mm-hmm. kind of movies, but like figuring out what the definition, where the rules are, the lines around it. Like that's, that's hard. Like mm. I know, I know that the 1987 masters of the universe movie is oh, bad. Yeah. It's objectively bad. And if it's on, I'm watching it. Yeah. yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one to call out. I think it, I think the ones that are campy and weird, uh, those are, I'm always pretty good with those. This isn't campy or weird enough. It's just, mm-hmm. I think for a lot of people, it has to do with who's in it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if there's yeah. an 80s Arnold Schwarzenegger film on, I don't care which one it is. I'm just going to sit and watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's the beauty of Con Air, Malkovich and Buscemi and, and mm-hmm. Nick uh, Cage. Yeah. Cage and Cusack and O'Brien and I know his name is not really O'Brien, but. Told me. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, it is now. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a great but character yeah, I mean, in there, though. I love him in that. It's so loaded with with actors that you love from that era that it's yeah. oh yeah you pick it right up you know but this is like yeah Sean Connery and man I could watch no Sean Connery <laughs> in Kenya uh, destroy those group group of bad guys after they kill his friend any day of the week that's just a lot of oh, fun by the way you want to know who that friend was uh, 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 that was I'm not sure who was it we have our first connection. Um, that was the dude. I don't know what to. I don't have his actor. Nigel, Nigel, Nigel was Potter. The, no, Nigel was he, the character name, right? He, yeah, but he's the he's <laughs> David the play, Hemmings. He's the play-by-play shot caller guy in Gladiator. So he's the one with the crazy eyebrows that gets up there and goes, well, "We all gathered here to have a thing with the fighting and the whatnot." He's that guy. <laughs> so I, whenever I see that dude do a thing, I go, "Oh, Gladiator guy." That's he guy was Gladiator. also Dildano and Barbarella, Queen of the Galaxy. I'm just oh. saying. Last time oh, I saw really? him, I don't think I understood what 
Dildano meant or could have possibly <laughs> potentially meant when I watched yeah, Barbara all those years ago. Leading towards. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Really? Is that his name, Dildano? Is that true? It is what it is. Okay. Dildano. That may have been his name in Gladiator. I don't know. Dildano! <laughs> get, to, get up there and tell the Gladiator <laughs> what to do. We, we, watched his, film, we watched his final movie, by the way. Oh, yeah? Oh, was uh, his final movie? His final movie. Did, not Dildano's. Did he, die? did he die from the shot? Is that what happened? No, what is he it? He died. What? Uh, equilibrium. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. yeah. We saw like Christian that. Bale. Is that yeah. what I'm thinking of? Yep. Yeah. 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 He died just Sean a couple Major. years after this, 2003 at the age of uh, 62. And uh, uh, Equilibrium was his final movie. And uh, uh, Scott, there's another Gladiator connection in this film. Uh, uh, Tony Curran, who played the Invisible Man, was also in Gladiator. Oh, Okay. He must have been. Uh, he was just an assassin. Like he was one of right. the people that was sent to kill the king at the beginning. I remember mm. that. No, or, I like I'm sorry, the Caesar or whatever. I don't know what he was. We should. You make guys that. prefer a um a, a, a deep throated lady vampire or just you know regular throated lady vampire? <laughs> what? Um, what? Peter like? Wilson would do this thing when I was like, oh no, it's time for me to be all vampiric. Oh. She would, like the voice, you know, the yeah, okay. she would get low. I get didn't know low. where you were going with that. Yeah, Brian, <laughs> Brian heard deep throat, and that's all he heard. Was there a part of the movie that I still hung up on Dildano, weren't you? Let's, let's change that to vocal fry. And, <laughs> there you go. Uh, I, thought, <laughs> I don't know. If I, I thought it was fine. I thought fry. she's fine, though. I she, thought I thought yeah. she was really good in, in in this. Like she didn't have a lot to work with. She had to be, she, you know, she had to be crazy and mysterious at the same time, and she had to be really aggressive at times. And like she was good. Yeah, I don't know what she's up to these days. Is she doing much? Let's see here. Uh, no, she hasn't. She hasn't Wilson. starred in anything for several years. Twenty fifteen was the last thing. Twenty twelve before that, and. uh a smattering yeah that's too bad she has a very she has a very unique face and i always recognize it but uh-huh. yeah. i always think she's in more stuff than but she's in hollywood yeah i yep. saw her in uh, the femme she, nikita the tv show that was that was all right yep and she is turning 50 this week oh well there you go congratulations you've made it welcome Happy to the club uh, <clears throat> give was, me a deep voice i was gonna say um uh where is it here oh uh, had to be challenging though to try and make this good during Lord of the Rings, which was being a bit of a Jurassic Park of its time. You know, it was it was changing the way we thought of fantasy filmmaking, and it was <clears throat> it was blowing everybody's minds, and it was winning awards, and it was you know pretty much Oscar worthy from the get go. And we were all like, "Whoa, look at this!" So anything else coming out around that just had to feel intimidated. Ironically. Mm-hmm. Sean Connery was offered the role, uh, point blank, to play Gandalf, and he turned it down because, quote, I couldn't understand the script. Yeah, I love that <laughs> bit of trivia. That he was also offered the role of the architect in The Matrix, passed up both of those roles, which really, you know, did very well financially. Architect I could have gone for. It's the wrong call for Lord of the Rings. They they went the right, right. way. Uh, yeah. Ian McKellen yeah. was the right choice. They absolutely, absolutely dodged a bullet there because I just I just think you're too big of a name and you're, you're freaking Sean Connery in a movie that otherwise has a bunch of new upstarts for the most part. You know, there's some known actors, but 
not Sean Connery level, right? Like he's iconic. You don't put him in there and go, oh, yes, let's go to the Shire. Like you're not going to do it. <laughs> and I, I like the the way the path toward me regretting us sacking this film is that I read, you know, trivia and behind the scenes stuff. And anytime you ever read behind the scenes on Sean Connery, you're kind of told that he's a prick. You know, like yeah. he's just. <laughs> well, wait, did anyone ever doubt that he was? I mean, he seems like. You know you like him, but he's kind of a dick. I bet that comes to with like the the era of filmmaking where he hit his stride. The early, um, you know, late sixties or mid sixties, late sixties, early seventies. You were you kind of had to be the the shoulders on which the whole film was placed. It wasn't there wasn't as much talk about oh that's a great director. I'm going to see anything that director produces. It's oh Sean Connery is carrying that James Bond film. Great, right, we got to go right. see that. Yeah. And uh, and so that gives you kind of that little prima donna. Right. Um, it's always the question: is it is it the yeah. job or is it the man? Might have been the yeah. job. Well, there was also the, the there was also the you know him admitting on live TV in an interview with Barbara Walters oh, that he geez. thinks a woman should get a slap once in a while but, and it keeps them in their place. And yeah. And, I, and like I, I just want to, I want to take the explanation a little farther. This is, this is a guy who as an actor was f- like legitimately the most famous actor in the world for a decade, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's got to, that's got to just be, you know, that's got to just make, make you into a total jerk. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Definitely the job at that point in time. Yeah. I, I but like uh, yeah. reading the trivia on this film and seeing that they, they had a no Sean Connery accent rule on set. Did they really? <laughs> they <just> like, <laughs> really? Come on. Well, but she but did it on the film. We got the, did yeah, the vampire lady did do one. That's hilarious. Yeah, I loved it. It was great. Yeah. Uh, where is that? You know, I'm going to play it now. I captured it. Um, I don't know. What, the problem is, I don't know which one it is because so the, I've made we'll, so we'll, much fun we'll get of all, to, all We'll all get to it if you're, if you're going to play it in quotes, right? Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But here, like, it is. I found the, it. here it is. I'm going to play it. This hunt's too dangerous for a woman, even one such as you. Leave it to me. I don't know if that's any good or not. The trivia is they had a no accent on set rule yeah. because pr- Connery's a prick and he's really, really fragile, apparently. <laughs> and she, she got to the point where they were going to do this thing the next day and somebody, director, producer, someone had said to his accent and... And she thought she had to call Sir Connery on the phone and ask him for permission before doing it because oh. of their rule. And I realize that's trivia. It might be all entirely apocryphal. But my gosh, Sean, calm down. I give that some scrutiny, but you're right. He's he's known for this. Always a little bit hard to work with. Although uh, Spielberg tells a different tale. He says he was really a joy to work with on the Indiana Jones movie. I have a feeling that's more about Spielberg being easy to work with. Right. Uh, and and Harrison Ford and Harrison being Ford, very, yeah. very deferential to him. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So, you know, the penitent man shall pass. And he wasn't very penitent when he was <laughs> making this. Uh, there's another interesting bit of trivia, which is this. 20th Century Fox was unable to get their... Oh, we talked about this. The Invisible Man. Never mind. That was a thing. Mm-hmm. And um, Invisible Man. Invisible man yes. uh, Sean Connery was paid $17 million for the role. And that left the filmmakers very little cash to get anybody else that was big. So they had to stick with this cast of like nobodies who are all still sort of nobodies. I mean, including very little cash to hire a stunt man that could be made to look like Sean Connery. <laughs> the, the stunt man that they used the most was shorter than Sean Connery, wider than Sean Connery, and was wearing a bad beard yeah. the, every single time. And it was like I was getting to where when Sean Connery character was fighting, I was ready on the pause button. 
And if if suddenly uh, we were behind him yeah. and I w- and his face was turning, I would pause. Go look at this schlub that they have in place of Sean Connery. Yeah, it was a little obvious multiple times, especially in that bar fight. I mean, the bar fight I enjoyed like Dunaway because I was like, hey, maybe this is the movie. Maybe we're having a kind of an old man Indiana Jones time here. This is great. Let's go adventure time or whatever. Sadly, the movie's not that. But yeah, that that double right. body double was a uh, piece of poop. He was no good. Very bad. Mm-hmm. Not that, you He's know. Not- He's no good. Uh, by the way, this is the last. This is the last film the director directed as well. This is Stephen Norrington, oh, who's really? known for uh, everybody quit after this. After this. <laughs> he made uh, never want to do anything like this again. He made Blade, which was great. Uh, yeah. I love Blade, and love Blade. Uh, he quit. That was it. Now he did other stuff since then, but not a ton. Special effects work. The latest thing was something called Harbinger Down back in 2015. Uh, the Exorcist, the beginning in 04. And then we go all the way back to Alien 3 in 1992. So his attempt to direct films was brief. He did uh, Death Machine, Blade, The Last Minute, and The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. And that's it. He was out. I'm interested in seeing Death Machine, 1994 UK action horror sci fi. Yeah. Got some xenomorph looking thing in there. Look at that. That looks cool. Can we get that on the list in case it pops? Got Brad Dorif in it. Yeah. Oh, sign me up. Look at that gun, that stupid gun she's got. Right. Right. Oh. And it's funny. They got a they got a they got a character named Scott Ridley. Yep. They do. <laughs> they have a, they have a character named John Carpenter. They have and a Sam, Sam Raimi. Raimi. Oh, I gotta watch oh, this. Man. What is this trash? Yeah. What is? What are we doing? All right. We gotta watch this. Ninety four. Find it. Death Machine. Right. Nineteen ninety four. It's his first film. Anyway, but that guy apparently just tooth and nail with Connery, and it's probably generational. The dude's like a younger dude and looks a little punk rock if you look at his photo on IMDb. He was probably just like, you little whippersnapper, you don't tell me when I need to redo a scene. I'm Sean Connery. <laughs> I, I do want to give credit. Like, Connery really uh, committed to this. He he wasn't an absent like actor in in spots like where there was action like there's mm-hmm. lots of of fighting where sean connery at his age has his arms around a dude and is throwing that guy and of course the guy is like is acting the person he's throwing is throwing himself right, mm-hmm. right. but man sean connery's right in there and that's pretty cool what is uh let's see you'd have been like 60 60 something yeah he's moving around pretty good for a 65 or 66 mm-hmm. year old something like that yeah, what, I, thought, you, I thought I had him at 69 for is this that right? film. Okay, I, I mean, that may looking. be right, actually. But I remember being so bummed because when I heard it bombed and he was pissed and all these people were saying all these things about it. At the time, I remember this. I went, oh, really? We're done then? He's just going to... No. This movie, this movie did not bring joy to anybody who made it or was involved with the making so, of the film. So he said, thank you. And he Marie condoed it right out the window. Yeah, he was out. <laughs> and he said, I'm not doing movies anymore. And I remember... It hitting pretty hard. I don't even want to say the name Gene Hackman because I'm afraid he'll die tomorrow if I say it. But uh, I'm worried about that too. Gene Hackman after 04 stopped acting in a Mm -hmm. bad movie. It was another bad movie to end on. It was a, what was that called? Some Alaska town name and it was bad. And I, and I remember at the time going, Oh no, Gene Hackman, don't just stop. Just keep going. Cause you're fine. You got time left. It clearly has, he's still alive. Oh, cross your fingers, you guys. I think I may have just yeah. started the curse again. But yeah, he's he's also ninety now, and and you know it's the time of coronavirus. I love Gene Hackman. He needs to live forever. Anyway, 
Uh, I don't know why I brought him up except to say Gene Hackman's great. <laughs> it never Indeed. hurts. Never hurts to say you're, that. You're, are you not going to get an argument from me? From you? You like him as well? He is. He is all right by me. Water. Water world. <laughs> He's not water world. What are you talking about? What's that? Who are you thinking of? You're thinking of Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper, yeah. <laughs> and he did die. He's out. Oh, now you made me sad. You turned something that was supposed to be. And then I know. Well, look, watch Water World. This podcast just like they ruined the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. That's the thing is, I don't know how the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen could be a two-hour movie. It it needs it just needs to be so much more for me to enjoy it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bigger bummer for me overall is Alan Moore's attitude towards film adaptations of his work is really sour. And it started from this. It bums me out because V for Vendetta, later Watchmen, then the Watchmen series, and other th- stuff that he's responsible for turned out pretty great, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. And he and, and I if think it, he if things he, had gone in a different order, yeah. like if if Watchmen or V for Vendetta had come out first, probably a different attitude. I agree. I think V for Vendetta in particular was really adherent to his vision and what that whole book was. Like I prefer it over the books actually because it's just more concise and it's I don't know I find it more more enjoyable. But it doesn't it's it's not at the expense of the of the original purpose of the content. So yeah, like I. I to be him now where you you were I'd be mean, basically you were <laughs> I almost made a terrible reference I'm glad I didn't say it but just imagine you know your first taste of hey my work finally made it to cinema and what are comics if not you know movie the first draft of movies right? yeah Oops. like what what a what a thrill that would be for anybody to see their work done that way and to have it turn out to be this oh man mm-hmm. I would be annoyed if I were him and he was, and he is, and his beard is four miles. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. Well (laughs) done. Appropriate response to somebody crapping on your dream. Good job. I wrote down here, Mr. Hyde skipped leg day. Did you guys know? (laughs) He totally did. Yeah. Little tiny spindly legs and the rest of them was all huge. (laughs) That's really a dumb idea. Like Randy had the right idea at the beginning. Take Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde and just make him a hideous, horrible man. You don't have to make him. Well, but then the comic, he's a big giant, like Hulk creature. So, Right. But that's the thing. Like the, the art of making a film when you have source material is in knowing what to do when you have to change it to make it better, you know? Yeah. And like, that's just a, that's just a really, really simple thing. Forget the special effects here, or I'm sorry, forget the visual effects here and just find a way to make the man a monster, you know, with prosthetics and so on. It would have been better. Or swap in a actor, who who's just a little bigger and but real big, you know, like like realistic large and right. And the only reason why you noticed any of that stuff is because the characters just did not interact very well. Mm. I mean, if you had a good, if you had some endearing characters that you really felt invested into, you would forget. You would forget about all the other stuff. All the other stuff would just disappear. Right. But uh, but you didn't. So all you had left was what you actually was seeing. And a lot of it was, you know, just a little too close. You could, you could just, you could just see bad things. But I'm telling you, if I once was again, 10, one of my most favorite morph scenes in any film is when, when Hyde, when he, when he turns into the monster from the man to monster. I think it is amazing. You mean monster okay. man, right? Is that what you mean? Though? No, you're right. Monster man. You're right. Yeah, he gets, he played it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was all right. It was mostly, monster, monster man. That was mostly editing and flashing lights and stuff. But it it's was. but I agree. It looked all right. Uh, he. Uh, I guess what I'm saying is, 
If I was 10 when I saw this movie, which is yesterday old is when I saw it. I didn't see it when it came to theaters. Um, I would have, I'd love this. Like this is one of those movies where I'm reminded that a child would love this movie and just Mm -hmm. run circles around the house wanting to be these characters and just would love it. And we heard from listeners like that, that would have been around 10 or so at the time who were like, Oh man, don't smash my favorite movie. I was 10 years old and I loved it. And blah, blah, blah. So So I have a 10 year old and I watched this without him because you sometimes do that with PG 13 films. Sure. You really should do that with all PG 13 films and a 10 year old. Like that. I, I'm not ready for him to see it yet, but I, I think in a couple of years, I'll be interested to see what he makes of it. That, that's that's yeah, and he may his taste may be too, um, you know, the modern modern quality of adventure things again, Marvel stuff or whatever may taint his ability to see this older thing and appreciate it. But I'd be curious too, like just from a just from a raw like if you were a 2002 kid, 2003 kid, and you saw this, yeah. That's the, you have to be you have to have been 10 in 2002 in uh, 2003 right. when this came out it feels and like then it. you'd appreciate it. that or either just completely sheltered from all other cool things until you're 10 you know and then show this and then show them all the other cool things i don't know how that would work but <laughs> how does one shelter one from all the cool things when you're a certain age i don't how know do you do that? I don't know. I don't think it's possible, actually. I think about this all the time, obviously. I mean, I have a good reason to think about this all the time. But I'm curious what some people make of ratings. Like, why why do we rate things if everyone just ignores them? (laughs) Because they do. Everyone just ignores ratings. I I, Like, just this week, I was reading a discussion where somebody came along and was like, I have a six-year-old, and I'm looking for video games for them to play. We're in lockdown. And all the suggestions were like, video games for teenagers and the person said there were six mm-hmm. and you know like well mm-hmm. f- forget it man ratings just must not mean anything to anybody i think you've just got to use it as a baseline you say okay typically uh tristan's okay with uh, uh pg-13 stuff nothing r but we kind of adjust down or adjust up uh, you know it's just like you would do now you're you're thinking about seeing a movie oh, i remember those days and mm. uh you look <laughs> and it's like oh it's got an r rating I'm okay with our ratings and I kind of adjust. Right. The thing they've done and sliding the, scale, the thing they've, they've started subtitling the ratings. Of course, we've all seen this on TV. Yeah. It's like TV rated for this. And uh, right. so there's one that I saw recently that, that intrigued me and it, it makes me wonder if it's not part of uh, some of the entertainment industry being funded by um, Chinese money because there was uh, now there's ratings and in, included in that uh, reason for the rating is um, examples of consumerism. And I was like, really? It's like uh, that that's that's a factor on the rating of films. Like now? product it's, placement kind of thing. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah. really, that's really smart. Or just greed. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, interesting. Yeah. I like that because like I say, I, I look at that. I look really, really closely at that and, uh, I like the, Sorry, I like so the details. Yeah. I, <laughs> you know, the, like the, the way, well, yeah. Like at I, some point in my lifetime, they started putting the word smoking in the description for, right. uh, mm-hmm. for ratings details. And I like that a lot mm-hmm. because like, uh, it, it has caused me to get ready to have a discussion with my kid, you know? Yeah. And also and, these are just, tools yeah, for, just these are just tools for parents. Right. The, but the tools are just for parents. It's like if you if you decide that you're going to sit down. See, this is the way I would do it. I don't look at it as, oh, it's PG-13. 
No 10-year-old sees any of those in this house. That's not the rule because that just means they're going to go, ooh, what's this there about? See that they're friends. A nipple. Right. They're just going to go to their <laughs> right. friends and see it. So what you do instead is you say, oh, PG-13. Well, I'm going to watch this one with you, and we're going to talk about this smoking scene when it does come up or this scene of whatever. That, that's what this stuff helps parents do, at least in my opinion. And, and you look you, at all the different ratings. Right. Like you look at for League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, it was rated uh, eleven in Denmark, twelve in Brazil, thirteen in Argentina, eleven in Norway, twelve in the Netherlands. Right, and so you you take all of that into account. It's real easy to look maybe, that up. Maybe the ratings are really for the kids, so they can realize whether or not they're going to watch the film with their parents. It's like, oh shoot. It's got smoking reference in it. Dad's going to give me the smoking speech again right in the middle. <laughs> yeah. We're going to watch that with him. Yeah. Oh, we're going to have to talk about a nipple. Great. Right. Talk my about f- sex right in the middle of my freaking movie. Yeah. My favorite, my favorite thing about watching a movie that does have some adult themes in it with a kid is when the kid is outraged mm. because you know they've already they've already been here before right mm. my kid knows that smoking is bad he knows that I'll disown him if he ever does it and so he like as soon as the smoking comes on screen he's he's so mad why would they do that oh they're killing themselves and you know like mm. that's my favorite thing i yeah. feel like i've created a fun little entertainer to watch a movie with yeah mm. it is it, i some of the most memorable fun stuff with my kids is is watching stuff like that and getting those reactions, but I'm doing it with them. So they didn't, you know, they're not sitting around going, ah, the, the forbidden fruit. How do I get obtain the forbidden fruit? (laughs) Instead, they're like, no, I'm like, all right, come have some fruit. Just know that some of it's forbidden and we're going to talk about it. You know, like it works out. Parenting advice. One on one. Everybody write that down. Mm -hmm. Hey guys, we're going to talk about Hawthorne for a minute. Oh, Man, do I love Hawthorne. Premium tailored personal care brand. They make it so easy for guys like me and you to feel and smell their best. That's right, ladies. Sometimes we need stuff too. Anyway, if you're looking to take your self-care routine to the next level, Hawthorne helps you do that. With high quality products tailored specifically to your needs. They give you free shipping on your order. If you decide you're not satisfied with their product, they even give you a free shipping on the return and give you suggestions based on your feedback. That's pretty great. I love a company that does that. Here's how easy it is. You go onto the site, you take this quest, or test rather, not a quest. Well, it's kind of a quest, but it's a short one. Hawthorne.co is where I went. Take a quick survey, and they ask you some questions. Real simple stuff like, is your skin dry? Is it oily? Uh, How often do you want to put deodorant on? That sort of thing. And at the end, it's very quick and easy, by the way. At the end, it gives you your results. And the results are fantastic, because the stuff they sent me, hmm... I have this cologne that my son is jealous of now because I smell great and he still dates people, so he'd like some of mine. So I said, hey, go to hawthorne.co and get your own, buddy. Anyway, they're amazing, and uh, I really love everything they've sent, including the soaps. Oh, the face scrub is amazing. The shower gel is really good. Just really, really good stuff. All the perfect scents, everything I like. And uh, for this holiday season, what perfect time is there, more than now, to give somebody the gift of good male grooming get it at hawthorne all right so here's what i want you to do get some special offers for the holidays going on right now by visiting hawthorne.co that's h-a-w-t-h-o-r-n-e.com or dot co rather i always say that dot co to check out their special holiday offers all right so go check it out we love it at film sack you'll love it too of this i am sure
All right. Uh, let's do... I have some clips from this movie I think we need to play. So are you sure. guys down for that? Because I am. Yeah. All right, good. Let's start this uh, part of the show with a little bit of this, which is... Why does this say Fletcher talk, thing about chickens? What is this? All right, hold on. Fletcher talks about the chickens, man. There's some confusion ah. here. Oh, I know what happened. All right, all right. I pulled some files that aren't supposed to be here. All right, moving on. Moving on. Here's, Sorry, now uh, I want to hear what Fletcher said about the chickens. Well, I can tell you real quick. He said this. I got a thing about chickens. That's it. He just has a thing about chickens. Okay. That's right. it. <laughs> Aren't you glad we played that? Man, I'm I so am. Glad. Now yeah, I have closure. Yeah. All right, here it is. The caster from Gladiator to give it a modern spin. He's a, He would have called League of Legends games if he was alive today. But anyway, here he is talking in Quartermain's presence. And I presume you're another traveler. Got it in your head to sample the dark continent. And while you're at it, hunt down old Alan Quartermain and have him tell his adventures. Well, well you fill a seat, sir. Uh, you can just hear it in his voice. <laughs> King Titus of the... <laughs> All right. Uh, this is... Well, I got a lot of Connery doing ishes because that's just what he does. So, <laughs> hey, guess what, Sean Connery? I don't have a rule here about your accent. We're just going to play him. So here's one. But the question is, yes. do I need the empire? Yeah. The question is, we named the dog Indiana. <laughs> would we, going back to the Gandalf thing, would we have liked to hear, you shall not pass? Yeah, right. Uh, would he, could he have yelled it? That's a good question. You shall not pass. You ever lose your car keys? All right. <laughs> Here's uh, sweating and how he says sweating makes me laugh. Sweating is what we do. Sweating is what we do. Sweating. Sweating. <laughs> He's sweaty. He's very sweaty. Very sweaty. Uh, all right. Don't like, oh, it's another one with us, some sweet. This accent. I don't like theatrics. Theatrics. <laughs> Here's your Bond reference. My underlings call me sir. My superiors call me M. M. Just M. May as well have a money penny. Why does that sound so familiar? <laughs> Trivia says that this uh, that there was a a potential to have an ancestor of James Bond yeah. character in this movie. And I'm glad they didn't do that. Oh Lord. Yeah. That's good. They, well, whatever. At this point you could have done it. and would have been fine. Cause that movie sucks regardless, but, but yeah, that's dumb. That's a bad idea. All right. Say the name of your movie is what this is called. Newest generation of the league of extraordinary gentlemen. League of what? League of what? <laughs> LXG baby. What? You know, we talk about a reboot, and there apparently was a, a planned reboot in 2015. Maybe this would make a good video game. You know, you choose, you get to use the different characters to get through different parts of Venice and Mongolia and stuff like well, that. You could swap around. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah. yeah. yeah there's a, an invisible man for a while. Sure. And I'm gonna... It practically goes without saying, we've talked about this many times. When you have this large a cast of characters, a film uh, is not always the best way to portray it. TV series, long form, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 48 hours or more worth of exploration. Yeah. This yeah, could it had be. two shooting puzzles. You have the one shooting puzzle where you have to shoot next to Mr. Hyde to make him go in different directions. Mm-hmm. And then the other shooting puzzle where you have to take these ridiculously long lob shots on your uh, enemy. That's yeah. fine. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But you'd have a practice level where you have to shoot a, um, a, a buoy that's yeah. been fired out far into the water. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. There you go. That high chase scene was almost, Almost brilliant foreshadowing, but it just couldn't quite pull it off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It also, well, it looked bad, but yeah. 
I'm with you. Hey, yeah. Hey, here's Brian Ibbett <laughs> talking to his prom it date. So dark. I got so I got some new prom date footage here. Speaking of footage, uh, this is from your mom, Brian. She sent this in. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's nice. Sorry, in yeah. tape form. I had to convert it, which sucked, but it's fine. Tell her I want MP3s from now on. But anyway, this is you just talking to your prom date. So just a little bit of back and forth. Here you go. Rumor has it that you're a pirate. I'd prefer a less provocative title. Jeez, you guys got really weird at your, on your day. <laughs> very weird. Well, it was a dress-up. It was a themed prom. <laughs> oh, good. By the way, did uh, did you see that uh, that Jamie, it was Jamie and somebody else, had have done what I asked them to do. They've taken every reference to my prom night and assembled it in chronological order from your clips. Oh, way, way to spoil what we're playing at the end of the show today. Oh, well, way to tell me not to talk about it. <laughs> right, way to, way to keep your secret. Way to Dan. give me the heads up so I don't spoil it. Yeah, I probably should have done that. I didn't know you were aware of it. I thought I was going to surprise you. but uh, Oh, yeah, no, I love this thing. Yeah, yeah. so we have, we have basically, it's a three-parter because it's long. So today, today we're playing part one. And it's going to be good. great. So stay tuned, oh, everybody. So good. Okay, well, sorry, spoiled it. No, it's all good. Um, here's a... Surprise, what? everybody. Draft in my nether regions. Oh, this is good. I'm feeling a bit of a draft in my nether regions. And I must say, it's quite refreshing. Yeah. Here's the thing. He's naked. Yeah. Right. I, I all like, the time. Yeah. Right. Like, I didn't understand that. Like, you're, you should be feeling the draft in all of your regions. You're naked. <laughs> and... <laughs> and when you put on a piece of clothing, you're no, you can now be seen, mm-hmm. but you're, you, it's the only thing you're wearing. He puts yep. on a coat and you're it's right. like, oh man, he's so going commando right now. Yeah. Yeah. There's, is. there's so many times I'm sure he's brushing his junk up against a door handle or, <laughs> or a chair or something like that. Uh, here is, oh, here's Connery being honorary is what I wrote. Oh, nice. I don't know what that means. Here it is. Please tell me this is Harker's wife. With a sick note. Oh, they were meeting uh, with a sick note. It's <laughs> a sick note. Is that? Do you get razors? Do you have to trade that in for razors? Yeah, when you, you get take a the note in. Well, no, you mail them yeah. in now because it's just over the internet. Ah, uh, it's yeah. just like a coupon. Yeah, a coupon. That's how it works. Like, there's Harry's and there's <laughs> Shave Buddy or whatever, and then and there's Shick Note. Those are the three. Yes, Dollar Shave Club. Yeah, yeah, all those guys. All right, here's Connor. He's saying best, best. Okay, now we've heard this before. <laughs> Because back in the day, we have this. Oh, you guys won't hear that shit. <laughs> I got to quit changing that. Hold on a second. Okay, I want you to hear it. Okay, here it is. This is old. Come on, Scott. Pull it up. Your best. You guys remember that one? That was oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. Best. What best. Is what is a best? Best. Your best. <laughs> oh, best. A witch door. Yeah, Your it's like best. Best. Oh. best. 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 I don't know. It's just <laughs> how he says best. All right, here's a bless me... What? Oh, okay. I don't know what it is. I'll just play it. A witch doctor did bless me once. Oh, bless me once. <laughs> <laughs> I clearly was very obsessed with this as he spoke. So yes. I can't help it. Um, all right. Gross moment. We didn't talk about it before. This is it. Uh, so mm-hmm. I guess there are people who get mad at me when I don't play this intro for it. So I'm just going to play it. So here you go. Gross. Okay. Uh, guess first and then I'll play it if you know it because now you know it's auditory so what do you think it is uh let's see man oh. was it uh was there somebody drinking blood was amina drinking blood during the fight with uh dorian gray you're so close was there finger licking was there finger licking oh, during yeah. that scene finger licking. there was some finger licking 
You're right. Yeah. It's actually not the There's scene. Something though. on it his the, fingers. It was the scene it was, earlier it was like when file. she. It's when she killed yeah. the shooter in the library, or the guy that had the knife to her neck. Sorry. Right. And right. when he got when she got done, she made the following sound with her fingers and her lips. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Gross. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's Don't so look gross. at me. I'm a monster. Ugh. It's not even like the blood. It's the sound she's making. It's like, my gosh. It's like eating. It's like somebody who eats a salad really loud next to you and you just can't wait to get out of there. That's what that's like. Mm. <laughs> All right. Uh, here's some more Scott Connery putting SNHs on things. Here you go. But that was bloody close. 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 <laughs> bloody close. Um, <laughs> all right here what oh from sydney oh this is a phone call we're not doing that yet all right here's another <laughs> one where he where he does more eshes here you go venice still stands venice still stands it's good stuff and then this scene which i thought they had cut out of the uh theatrical version but apparently not okay so this is a weird moment in this movie see if you guys remember it here you go we heard a noise <laughs> It was nothing. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Well, I what was that wolf supposed to be? Or the, uh, the sorry, the tiger supposed to be? I didn't understand. What was well, that? he had mentioned earlier that a tiger becomes fierce right before it dies, and that was the foreshadowing of his fierce sacrifice that he was going to have to make. Oh, maybe. so wait, that's, I didn't just, say it was good. I'm just saying it was there. But you're saying, but so just conveniently, there's a. He had mentioned it. He had mentioned it before that scene, and then when the tiger showed up, you're like, "Oh, okay, right." But the but the okay, that's dumb. It's dumb because okay, I understand that idea, like that concept's fine. Right. But then, oh, great, there happens to be a freaking white tiger out in the tundra right. that can come. In stare case at you me. didn't, in case you didn't get our subtle foreshadowing, here's an absolute <laughs> answer. <to that. laughs> we're telling. We're, we're pretty much just handing this one to you, yeah. telegraphing it in. Here, have this tiger. We have handy. Handy Tiger. All right. Uh, well, there's your clips. Uh, now we must needs do this. That's the film sack checklist. That 2002 CG not holding up. Check. You can see how irritated Connery is the entire time. Check. <laughs> Longer than Hyde's arms. Check. That movie's too long, oh, by the way. It is way too yeah. long. Yeah. Too long. That movie should have been 90 minutes max, and they didn't get the memo. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Connections. We talked about a couple of them, but I'm curious about Randy's Star Trek connections, which he found. Oh, so, okay. So the director of photography for this film was David R. Hardberger, uh, you know, successful cinematographer. He started out his career started uh, as a cameraman working on two movies called Star Trek: The Motion Picture mm. and Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan. Whoa, that's a connection for sure. Yeah. Um, some of the stunt crew for this movie also all worked together on Star Trek Into Darkness. So this includes stuntmen named Hirokota, Eddie Perez, Daniel Arias, Steve Upton. And if you look at the connections between this film and specifically that one movie, Star Trek Into Darkness, there are 22 total people who worked on both films, which sounds like a production company, right? Like that's just a whole Mm -hmm. company. But I looked really closely at a lot of them and there's no production company shared between these two films. It's just a big coincidence that these 22 people <laughs> all worked on these two movies. Um, the last that really caught my attention was Glenn Hetrick. Do you know him? He's the, oh, yeah. He's like, a 
a gothic master off. yeah face yeah. off the tv reality show yes Glenn he Hedrick. yeah he did he did makeups for this movie and he's also been credited for all 31 episodes of star trek discovery uh as as their makeup master um i love that reality show man uh mackenzie westmore michael westmore's yes. daughter yes. and and the great v neil are the other hosts uh mm-hmm. i'm glad someone's seen it i love that show yeah i don't think i even knew about that show yeah, it's like a, we may have talked about it once or twice with uh, Bill, Bill Duran, because it's like a, basically a bunch of people competing to be a makeup, uh, movie makeup artist. Aesthetics creators. Oh, Aesthetics, we have yeah, talked. Exactly. You know what? Now I remember. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Because mm-hmm. Bill, because at one point Bill had auditioned or something. Oh, Bill, or... and Bill is good friends with a guy who, um, who won the second season, a third season. And, uh, yeah, it, it uh, um, Keeps him in the basement. Keeps him <laughs> keeps him in the basement. Yeah, exactly. It really sprung, sprung a relationship from that. And something I love about Glenn Hetrick is that he's never seen without a lot of makeup on himself. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's really I think that's really cool. Like to always, you know, always be seen in public at looking, you know, he's usually looking, like I say, very gothic. His hair is always very dramatic. His beard is always cut into amazing sharp edges and mm. this kind of thing. If he was uh, a hockey player and he got three goals in a row, he would have a hat-trick hat-trick is what he would have. Hat-trick. Yeah. Think of that. All right. Now, now, oh, what are we doing now? It's the uh, <laughs> d- uh, the uh, Twitter. No, the soundtrack grade. I give it an LAD for loud and dumb. I didn't like it. It was just too much. It's like, okay. LAD for the LXG. Yeah. I'm sure it's done by capable people that it didn't seem significant or very good. So there's that. Twitter post, this is where you guys sum it up in 280 <laughs> characters or less. Let's start with Randy. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Not a league since there's only about five of them. Not extraordinary since everywhere they go, they meet people with powers. And not gentlemen. There's a woman right there. Mm-hmm. This movie should have been called The Of. Oh, very nice. <laughs> Just take out League and Win. And, gentlemen. No, it'd be An Of. The Of is already trademarked. Oh, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Universal owns that. Yeah. Right. Oh, well, well done. I'm done away. Speaking of which, it's your turn. The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. May this new century be your son as the old one was mine. Meanwhile, in Kenya, a witch doctor. Don't you die on me! Woo-loo-loo! <laughs> wait, what are you doing? Wait, wait, wait. Are you doing a, a Age of Empires 2 priest yeah, noise? Yeah. Is that what that was? That's amazing. Hey, listen, this send Sean Connery's body to Africa. There's a witch doctor there who will take care of all of our sadness. Oh, and they definitely left this thing hanging like, uh, oh, we hope this makes a sequel, but that didn't work out. So no sequel. Uh, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. You don't just simply watch this movie. You have to adjust for the wind and the waves. When you're ready, you can pull the trigger and watch it. Take your time. Feel each shot. You have all the... <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate the feeling of relaxing calm I feel now from yeah. me doing that. That was good. All right. Now this. Alternate titles. This was almost called The Adventures Adventures of Alan Dollarmane, A Tale of Inflation. But it didn't. It was too long. They didn't do it. Uh, or Today's Tom Sawyer. All right. Moving on. We got a couple of quick emails. Actually, this is not an email. It's a played phone call deal unit. Uh, was sent to us 
uh, via the. Does email it have address. like a like a high streaking noise in the background that we can't hear? Little stuff bombs in my house because no. I don't want to listen to that. No, I promise not. It won't be that. Uh, it will give you. It, it does contain the brown notes. So no. Oh. Yeah, pucker up, pumpkin. It's time for. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for a challenge. Uh, this came to us via the email address, though, filmsack at gmail.com, and I'm going to play it now. Here it is. This is a call from Sydney. Enjoy. Hi, Scott, Brian, Brian, and Randy. This is Craig from Sydney, down in Australia. Um, a quick suggestion for you guys. The Cars That Ate Paris. Peter Weir, the Australian director that went on to do Gallipoli and a whole lot of other great films. This was one of his early ones, 1974. It's about a small town that is going broke called Paris in the outback and they decide to stage car crashes and sell the scrap. It is truly a bizarre and horrible film, and I've included an image in the email. I also used to sit down and write my ideas down. I thought it would be a really good idea to get a voice-activated recorder. No one do it. My one would straighten the bin because I had a great idea. The next day I listened back and it was like, (laughs) have a great time. Hope everyone's well. Talk to you later. Bye. That's awesome. Um, it was great, and I thought you said his name was Sydney, but you meant he was from from yeah, Sydney. From so Sydney. when he first started, when he first started talking, I was like, "How ironic that his name is Sydney." Yeah, and he has. I, an, I should have clarified accent. when I said this call is from Sydney. I meant the place. Right, right, right. Man, um, from Sydney, from Sydney, that was from Sydney. That was my lack of imagination, not your fault. It's all good. Uh, I'll tell you what, though. Uh, so this isn't this Paris. What is it? Oh, shoot, what was the name of the movie? Paris? Paris. Uh, uh, Ma- cars. The cars Paris? Paris. Yeah. Yeah. Cars so the cars. This is this is significant for me. Uh, he didn't really go into it here, but the car that is that is showcased on the poster of that movie, and I assume in the movie, is a is a, a beetle looking car, just all spiked out with rusty spikes. It's basically oh, uh, Fury Road made an homage to that car with the I forgot oh. the name of the faction. But, oh, that was this one. That's right. We yeah. talked about oh, this yeah. before. Where did we talk about this? So fellow uh, fellow uh, Australian filmmaker Peter Weir is giving him a little nod there in the yeah. Fury Road. So that's cool. We should watch it. It seems like a cars thing. ate Paris, and it's even got Bruce Spence in it, who's the um, the gyrocopter pilot. Oh, the yes. guy. Yeah. He's great. Mm-hmm. The guy that goes, nice. It's that guy, right? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? No, <laughs> a, no, I like don't. <laughs> There's a but meme please. with that actor, I think, where it's just him talking to a camera, and at some point he goes, nice. Oh, really? Yeah, I have to find it. <laughs> nice. It's pretty right, good. Cool. Um, yeah, well, I'm on the list. Let's get it on there. Let's make that happen. Yeah, Peter sure. Weir's one of my favorite directors as well. That guy makes amazing films. I mean, right. By the by the way, also just to fall back to what we were talking about earlier, uh, the um, Death Machine is on Amazon Prime. Ooh, oh, we got to do Death Machine. Holy shit! Move it in. Make it new. Yeah. Move it in. Move it in. <laughs> slide it in. Slide it in. Softly, gently, but slide it nonetheless. Okay? All right. <laughs> Here is, uh, uh, I promise, that was, by the way, filmsack at gmail.com, so you don't want to send those. Before we talk about our next movie, I'm going to play this uh, Ibbitt's Prom Date Part 1. Okay? So this is called Before, and uh, there's a special thanks on here, so it's Jamie, but also a special thanks to Jose Perez. Or is it Josie Perez? Anyway. Uh, I'm going to play it now. Enjoy. This is probably pretty old stuff. Have fun. I wish somebody would assemble all of the Brian's prom night audio into a timeline, into a uh, nice, put them in a chronological chronological order. That'd be great. Jamie, we're looking at you, buddy. Get in there. (laughs) 
This is what Brian Ibbett told his date the morning of the prom. Five, six hours later is when the prom was, but this is you early calling your date and telling her this. Sure, Ready your sure. breakfast and eat hearty. But tonight, we dine in hell! That's a little rough. It's a little rough. Well, the Red Lobster was booked already. This is before prom night, so it's probably just hours before prom took place. And this is what they told you. The disc, the girl... The guns. By dawn, they don't exist. Are we clear? Yep, there you go. (laughs) I miss my when in Rome disc. (laughs) A clip of her talking to Brian when he was trying to figure out what tux to wear to uh, prom. That's the backstory. Yep. So this is what she said to you after a while. I guess you were struggling with it, and she said this. Wear it until you love it! There you go. I don't know what the the deal was, but this is, I think, you yelling at a date, or maybe she's yelling at you, but here it is. Darling... We're becoming unfashionably, unreasonably late. Wow, you were a picky mother scratcher back then. You're talking to your date after you picked her up for prom. So this is you right after you picked her up, okay? Do you talk? You know, talk me human. Boy. I dated a lot of shy girls in high school. Sure. It's true. I understand. This is what Ibbett's prom date said immediately. I mean, it was all the niceties at the door. The parents are like, have fun tonight. We'll see you guys at your curfew. But then as soon as she gets in the car, she changes. She becomes who she really is. And this is what she said to you. Do exactly what I say. Exactly. Don't move unless I say. Don't make a sound unless I say. Do you understand? Do you understand? Oh my gosh, your date was terrible. (laughs) You said this to your date before the night really got going. Like she was in your car and this was you. Do you mean to tell me that there's actually a human body under that clothing? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) This one's interesting because it seemed like you were impatient with the girl and maybe her, you know, your advances were being rebuffed a little bit. And here's what you said to her. I'd like to uh, move this thing uh, along. There you go. So there's that. Yeah. This is one of my favorite clips that Ibbett's mom's ever sent me. This is uh, you describing your prom oh, date. Because yeah. we always hear clips from the prom I... date, but we never hear you describe your prom date. She's going to be a 34-year-old nymphomaniac. And we're going to go to the Amazon Basin together and water ski. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> it says Ibbett to his date in the car. That's all I know. Where's the moan? What? A moan. There is supposed to be a moan here. Whoa, wow. <laughs> right. Oh, you know, no. I, I, I felt like, uh, you know, I'd been working hard for it. Give it to me. All right. <laughs> oh, my God. These are great. <laughs> it feels like we maybe I didn't do a ton in between, but it feels like it jumped a ton of dates. Like, I thought, yeah, I thought we'd done so more, many more. That's, yeah. I mean, there is more, oh, but it seems yeah, like some there, of those that's are only recent. a third of what, of all there is, but, uh, right. But like the one, like the moan one, that's a recent film, isn't it? That's recent. That was uh, gremlins too. Oh yeah. How can, maybe he did him right. Ra- not chronological. Yeah, it's like did it chronologically. It sounds like he just did it. However it fit in. Best. Yeah. It's chronologically of the date, not chronologically. The, 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 not, 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 uh, the date that we recorded film sack this is the evening so this is me picking her up this is me getting her in the car this is okay this is, oh. this is the chron- chrono- uh, chronology of prom night itself that's hard to do Jeez. i know that's why this thing gets even more credit because it's so brilliant wow hats off to both those guys yeah. I, and i like that it kind of tells us there's a story arc for this exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. It starts with these expectations, and they're basically <laughs> everyone involved expects that there's going to be people getting laid, and then I'm 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 hoping that as as the story goes on, those expectations will be dashed. They will yeah, be horribly uh, well, skewers. Not I'm not going to give you a spoiler, uh, Randy. You'll just have to tune in. 
So all we've Over heard the next then, two we, episodes, we've Dave heard pre, right. we've heard predate. We've now met the date, and there's a lot right. of date. Exactly. So. She's gotten in the car. She yelled at me. I wondered if there was a body under those clothes. Yeah. Uh, Some moaning yeah. and stuff. We're moaning. There's no moan. Yeah, no moan. <laughs> That I um, thought, I honestly, I thought that pl- that took place a lot later in the day, but okay, whatever. You know. <laughs> you're a, you're an early riser. Wait, what? <laughs> oh, I don't know what that means. My. That doesn't sound right. <laughs> All right next How could week, you tell? I've been invisible this whole time. Next <laughs> next episode, we're, yeah. we're going to play that one, and then we'll play another one, and then another one. No, two more. There's two more. So just two more, and then uh, you guys are going to love it. So stay tuned for that. Thanks, Jamie, and thanks, Jose Perez, for uh, helping out in whatever way he did. Uh, okay, that's it. Uh, our next film, Mad Max, the original Mad Max from 78, yes. nine, 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 eight, the 70s, 70s. Mad Max from the 70s. Okay, late 70s. I know that. Um, anyway, before it's, he was a warrior on the road who had much fury, 1979. Mm, so just April, angry. April 1979. That was my stall. Yep, and you're gonna get the whole like, uh, well, here it is. In a self-destructing world, a vengeful Australian policeman sets out to stop a violent motorcycle gang. And uh, the significance here is that the bad guy in this movie is also Immortan Joe in the new one. So that's cool. Mm. Uh, but uh, we get to see the beginnings of it all. How did it all start? Why, why was Mel Gibson... How did he get mad? Yeah, yeah. why did he get mad? Exactly. Who is so mad about why it? You, why are you mad, bro? Yeah, they don't call him Passive Max Happy Road. <laughs> slightly irritated max <laughs> i've seen this one so many times i've seen it weirdly you'd think i was a fan of i am as of the of the series you'd think i'd seen it more but i've only seen this one twice i don't it's it's my least favorite of all of it but mm-hmm. it's significant in that it's you know anything that's the beginning of something the needs launch, to be seen. yeah music by brian may but not that one. Oh no, no. oh yeah, yeah i'm excited for a hot second and then i yeah, was australian uh musician brian may not British uh, uh, astro- astronomer <laughs> Brian May. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Okay, here it is. Hughes Keys Byrne played Toe Cutter in uh, this, and then or in this in the old one in the in Fury Road. He plays Immortan Joe. Hmm. All cool. right, uh, that's gonna do it for the show. Thank you all for being here. Oh, and the next film is not. Oh no, it is next week. Never mind. Forget me. Uh, we have a show today. Did you notice there was a show today? <laughs> that's the thing. Last week I told everybody no show this week, but yet here's a show. So. Don't right. answer, Don't look at me for any good, solid information. Next week is fine. It'll be on Sunday instead of Saturday. But other than that, you're still getting a film sack next weekend, okay? So don't mm-hmm. even pretend I didn't even say it or bring it up. Like, I never even talked about it. You didn't see me. I'm another invisible man. All right. That's going <laughs> to do it for the done? show. Thank you all for watching and tuning in. Uh, no one's watching. Thanks for listening. Filmsack.com is the uh, email at, or no, is our website. I can't say shit. Filmsack at gmail.com. We are at Filmsack I've never on Twitter. have a stroke before. <laughs> <And> leave, <laughs> leave us. I tell you, I, it smells like toast, but actually my wife is making toast right now. I can smell it. Anyway, at least I hope so. Uh, leave us reviews wherever you get your podcast. We'd love that. It helps us get up in the rankings and get discovered by other people who have no idea what they're missing. That's going to do it for us, for me, for Brian, for Brian, and for Randy. He's afraid. We'll see you next time. <laughs>
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.